0: Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me as always, the wonderful, talented, and fresh into the new year, Priscilla McKinney. How are you, Priscilla?
1: I'm good. Wow, I like that. Fresh into the new year. I do feel like that.
0: It does. It, doesn't it feel like it's like a new beginning, like you, you walk out of a shower and there's like unlimited possibilities?
1: Well, number one, it is a new beginning.
0: Yes, um. it is, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I am the master of the obvious.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> You know me; I love the new year. I just feel like, man, clean slate. I also love, love, love writing my list of things I learned in 2016, oh, or that's at the right. 2015. Just like really stopping and what are the lessons I learned? Like really tangible things. Some of them are dumb. Like I learned that medieval times is still open. Right. <laughs> and did then, you,
0: did you think it was ever closed?
1: Yes, I did. This is I found this out podcasting with you. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, that is hilarious! Hey, I, didn't, don't I thought you knew. I thought you knew that it was open.
1: No, and you promised to take me next time we're out together.
0: Absolutely, yes, we will. We will go out there, and I'm gonna. I will try to arrange it so that you can give the knight a rose. Oh
1: wow, forget it! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I take so, it all back. I don't want to go.
0: It's like it's kind of like The Bachelor, but different.
1: Yeah, let's hope. There's
0: horses involved.
1: Well, also, the guy there is so barely employed (laughs) that I don't know that I really want to engage in a relationship. No,
0: no, it'd be a very short-lived relationship.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, (laughs) there's that. Wow, that's
0: funny. I didn't know that 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 was one of your uh, highlights of 2015. (laughs) Well, now I didn't
1: say it was a highlight.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) What's one of the big ones? What's one of the big things that you... That you learned or discovered?
1: Oh yeah, the moment something mean or snide comes out of my mouth, I need to think about my routines. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm a great person in routines and a great person. Here here's how it really breaks down. A lot of times when I say something mean, Mm -hmm. it's not because I'm really mad. Typically, you know, you'd go, "Oh well, I'm just so mad at that person." It's really for me. and I literally learned this like. Three weeks ago, <laughs> really? When I am being mean, when something mean is coming out of my mouth, it's because I'm hurt, not oh. because I'm mad. Well, that's
0: they say that that's actually uh, a, a reflex action. Is like because we don't want to admit that we're weak enough to be hurt, so we mm-hmm. we turn to anger or sarcasm.
1: I wish they would have told me that sooner. <laughs> yes, <because laughs> at 43, I just okay. learned it. <laughs> but, so those are my two powerful things that I've learned in 2015. Wow. <laughs> I, I I don't think I knew that, knew that, you know, and it doesn't mean anything to you until sure. it means something to you. And I was like, now it all makes sense. I have heard it a little bit differently. Like when you are in pain, you want to put someone else in pain. Right. I, I get that. I got that. But I didn't realize like when I was, you know, when that word come out of my mouth, I'm usually thinking, gosh, Priscilla, Take, a, take an inventory of your anger. Check your anger. Don't do not do that. You value people. No way you should have something come out of your mouth like that. Right. All these kinds of things that are like kind of like, I wouldn't say shaming, but they're very like, you know, push down the behavior, push down the behavior. Instead of looking at it and going, hmm, why am I doing that? And being able to just say, wow, it's because I'm hurt. I feel like someone betrayed me in some mm-hmm. level. And so I'm being mean about it. Yeah. So I feel like that's a big growth for me. That,
0: that's a very big growth because a lot okay. of people go their entire life and not realize that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was
1: talking with Wes, who I podcast with the other day, and we were talking about the power of self-reflection. And then I was talking about that with my project manager and how important that is even here at our work. It, the, the self-reflection is just like the base of us being able to engage with each other in a way that respects the humanity in the other person. <laughs> right. Just how do you walk in a room? What are you bringing? What, do you, what are the gifts or what are the detractions you're bringing in? It's just... So I I feel like I live a very self-reflective life, but, you know, then you get blindsided with something like that that you feel after you learn it is so basic. Yes. But you'll never unknow it.
0: Wow. You know. You'll never unknow. That's a great, that's a great saying. I like that.
1: Well, see, these things just come out of my mouth. They do. Yeah.
0: And thank you for coming to Psychology Today, people. Thank you. Thank I you know. That's,
1: I don't know how we got there, but, you know, whatever. I know, I,
0: know.
1: I think our whole introduction is just basically a digression.
0: It kind of is. It's uh, My favorite saying is we start off slow and then we taper off. Right. <laughs>
1: Good, good call. Well, I wanted to talk today about about blogging because Ooh. I get a lot of questions about blogging from, and I know we've talked about the generational differences. I yes. get questions about blogging from a younger generation, and by younger, I'm going to qualify that. Okay, I get okay. those questions from my age, so basically from 35 to 45. I get a lot of questions about Hmm. it, but who's not asking me are the very successful over 45ers that own companies or are managing, like from a marketing standpoint, like a VP of management. They never ask me, and unfortunately, they should be asking me. What yes. is it with blogging and what it, they don't understand it. So they don't want it. And I kind of go back to my same thing with what happens here all the time at Little Bird is I demystify something. People feel too stupid to ask about something that they've heard a million times. They feel like they should know what blogging is. And everybody does know what it is for the most part. But honestly, they couldn't tell you like, well, why on earth does someone blog and what right. would you write about anyway? Right. They don't see it, how it connects to a marketing strategy. And they're just too embarrassed to ask. Right. So, once again, I, I answer questions people are too embarrassed to ask. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is one of your gifts.
1: Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, let, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, the company you work for blogs like no business. Right. It's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically every, every week there's at least three or four. Mm-hmm. We call them articles. But it, it's basically a blog. It's it's, yeah. it's basically they find a topic like, you know, what's the what are the hottest TV buys this week, or what you know, what can you avoid uh, buying during January, or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. You've already by giving me two titles have told me a lot about their strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. So, but before we get into strategy, let's talk about the basics a little bit. All right, and I mean, do you have questions about blogging, or anything? you know,
0: yeah, the and the the questions I have stem mostly about the positioning and the usefulness in keeping your website mm. more of it's kind of a, an SEO thing. I mean, I know SEO is like one of those topics that you you either have a camp that says SEO is dead; it's now more about just keeping your your website alive and not mm-hmm. static. And then you have people say, no, you have to, you have to maintain, you know, your keywording and things like that to keep right. your, to keep your ranking. So that, I, I guess that would be my biggest question is what is the real deal when it comes to using a blog mm-hmm. to up the visibility of your website?
1: Oh, that is a great question. And let's start with that because I think people could just turn the podcast off after this one. If they're not interested in going this direction, because I'll say straight off the top, I don't think there's any value in blogging unless it relates to the search engine optimization of your website
0: Mm. and
1: or is a part of your platform Mm. as a brand. And, and, you know, if you want to, this isn't, we're talking a business podcast here. Okay. So if you want to, my husband has a blog about our life on our sailboat okay that's great <laughs> he's not trying to sell anything make anything that's that's just expressing yourself that's yes. a form of art that's great that's not what I'm talking about but I feel like if people don't want to really begin to understand the importance of having an actual dashboard or seeing the interconnectedness of a blog as it relates to social media posts, as it relates to building your expertise, even tying into your podcast. What If it's not a part of your brand, if it's just another thing out there that you're doing, I think it's worthless. Mm, okay. So, and SEO, I think you're right and wrong about SEO. I think that people are exhausted from the lies that a lot of SEO people put out there and these right. crazy price tags. There was a real bubble about it. And people scared business owners. If you don't get these keywords, you know, you don't and you have to pay this. And developing this whole thing where you had to pay and pay and pay and pay to play. Right. And people right. got wise to that and understood that there's a difference between grabbing up keywords in in a way that the search engines don't like anyway and figure out. Mm-hmm. And overusing them and the difference between having organic keywords sprinkled correctly throughout your website and used properly, that is a major organic boost. I'm going to clarify that just for a minute. So okay. the the people you know were selling SEO services and spending a lot of money, and it was like you had to pay it every month. Oh, it, to me, it always felt like a little bit of extortion. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm not an SEO person solely by trade, but SEO is in every single thing we do with anyone digitally. I mean, it is absolutely king, Right. but it is not what I think people tried to sell it as. And you have to, if you're really trying to go national, you really have particular, very strong, you know, base keywords that are short. Not, Mm -hmm. not what we call long tail keywords. And the difference of that is being like, do you want to own the word diet? Okay. Well, let me just tell you, <laughs> um, diet is going to cost you a pretty penny to own on SEO. <laughs> Think right. about how many products are trying to be sold on that. And so the easy way to understand that is maybe if you have a product that's related to fitness or something, you can't own the word fitness. You can't own the word diet, but maybe you could own better fitness through meditation. Oh, oh. live longer with supplements or, you know what I mean? i am I, I just, you know, creating something else, but that's a long tail keyword that basically taps, into what people are truly typing into the search engine. They're not typing in the word diet. Right. But maybe they're typing in lose 10 pounds in a month. Okay, that's a long tail. I guarantee you that one's really expensive too. Right. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like coming at it from a different, thinking about long tail keywords, what people are actually searching for. So, hmm. okay. Uh, we could talk for SEO forever. And, and unfortunately, I think people have just scared people so badly that it's, it's, difficult to undo some of what people have told people. And also things have changed. Right. And right. things constantly change on the search engines. So. Well,
0: I think part of the problem has been that that SEO is one of those things that's, a, that's kind of akin to almost alchemy, mm-hmm. where People think it's this mystical black art that only a few people know how to do. And there are so many, what would you call them, like snake oil salesmen out yeah, there yeah, that definitely. say, you know, if you pay me like $300 a month, I can guarantee you on the first page of Google and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, people just don't I, – I think people have been – uh, scammed and have heard so many horror stories that they're they're almost afraid to engage it.
1: Okay, I'm going to deviate here to tell a story. That oh, please, is, please. Is right out of De- my experience. So, deviate away. Okay, I used to work for a major uh, chocolate maker. Okay, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I should have yeah, hit I you up for favors. <laughs> before. <laughs> so he came to me and said, "Hey, I want to own." The words chocolate-covered strawberries were really getting killed on that online, our online sales. I'm like, so he wanted to give us money per month for SEO, and he's like, this is what my budget is. And I said, I I can't take your money. I, I need this much money to do research. And tell you if you can own that or what it's going to take to own that. Go, oh no, I don't want to do any research. I don't. I don't want to spend. basically didn't want to spend the money. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, this is so frustrating for me because people always. You talk about snake oil. They walk in and tell someone, hey, for three hundred dollars a month, I can get you this. How do they know that? They don't know what that keyword's going for. They don't know what it's going to take to get there. They don't do any research. How can they know anything? So right. anyway, I went back to him like, no, this is how much it's going to take to you know do the research. Oh no, I don't want to pay that. Just spend this much money on this. No, I, I refused to. So he yeah. came to an impasse, and finally I just said, look, I'll do the research, and if you think it's good research, then you pay for it. He hmm. was like, okay. And this is kind of goes up against some of my principles, but I was pretty fed up. And I wasn't going to take money to do something that I didn't know would work. Right. So anyway, I did the research. Um, holy smokes. Um, I let him know that because Sherry's Berries and Pro Flowers basically bought that whole thing out, he could indeed own the words chocolate-covered strawberries for the cost of about $2,400 a day. Oh, my gosh. So if you want to outspend them, that's what they're spending. Wow. For, for that long-tail keyword. And on the other hand, I said, well, what's what's the one, you know, he. I had him give me his uh, top 10 profitable um, products. Mm-hmm. And then also, then I gave him, I asked him to give out top 10, like, sellers. So in between those two, how they mix, like what's most profitable, what does people like the most, right? right? So toffee, English toffee was number one. Well, when I did that research, it was number one on both lists. And when I did the research, literally nobody nationally was spending any money for the keywords English toffee. What? Not major English toffee makers back on the East Coast. Nobody, every competitor, you know, literally nobody was spending a dime. I said, well... We spend a hundred bucks a month on English toffee yeah, <laughs> or $2,500 a month on chocolate covered strawberries, strawberries, like, you know? wow! so, you know, without doing the research, that's really silly. And so SEO still is important and it is a part of everything that you do, whether you're, you know, whether you're writing a social media post or you're actually writing on your own website is absolutely imperative. And let me touch on that one more time about Facebook or LinkedIn or, um, or Twitter. So what do you think is the most popular website in the world? The most
0: popular website yeah. in the world? Most most traffic. Uh, well, I would assume that Google.
1: Yep. Google's number one. Okay. Number two is Facebook. Really? Yes. So if you look at the Alexa rating, right? So I guess a lot of people ask me, should, you know, should I have a Facebook account or whatever? <laughs> like, right. Or not. Some businesses are like, well, they may, they'll they have one. But they don't really do anything on it right? right right so my question is do you want your particular keywords and building SEO on the number two visited website in the world I think you probably should why yes well why, yes I do yes I do so anyway it is about blogging is about promotion and this is the big thing that people need to get over they think well who's gonna read my blog who's interested uh, well, first of all, I say if you're boring, nobody's interested. I'll right. I'll tell you that right now. But number two, it's not always with this idea that someone's going to sit there and go find your blog and just read your blog and look, you know, look for those emails every month. Hey, what's the blog, you know, recap or whatever. It's not because that is, you know, just like someone's pouring over every word that you say, but it is building your organic search engine optimization on it. And it is also. Um, You know, associating you with the words that are in that. So if I now go search hashtags Joplin, I guarantee you I've blogged about that enough times that I come up. Right. Mm, (laughs) So, um, you know, and I don't know if my competitors listen to my podcast, but, you know, they're not doing any of that because they're not doing any social media so you know it's about thinking about what you want to be found for and what you want to be connected to now they may never read my blog about hashtags right but it brought them to my website. So you kind of have to get over this idea of are people going to read your blog? Yes or no. And, And in the end, I can give you a couple tips of if people aren't reading it over time, what you can do about that. But I just want people to get over the idea of a blog is not necessarily there so that people can just open the beginning of the book and read through. Right. It is there for a lot of other reasons. And the other reason I think is super important about a blog when people just get through the why is that it is the opportunity for you to establish your expertise. And that is a part of the platform, but this is when you get to talk. You get to put your take on news. You get to put your your strategy out. Here are the eight things that I think are important. Like I did the eight tips for less stress in 2016. Right. You know, these kinds of things, this is stuff that people are looking for and don't you want it associated with you and don't you want to be able to be a thought leader within your own industry? And when you have a, a thought that maybe is counterintuitive, but you think it really holds its uh, water or if it it is a comment on where things are going. This is an opportunity for you to put your voice out there in the industry. And it's really, really important as a part of building a brand platform.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Wow. So the other thing I would say about it is that people don't realize it is also a really great tool. For building an email list, opt-in email list, if mm-hmm. you do it correctly, and everything we do at Little Bird is is bent on inbound marketing and um, being helpful to people. They're looking for certain guides, they're looking for resources, and so we constantly develop resources that are free, that are answering questions people are asking us all the time, and we'll give our expertise away for free. But in exchange, is it valuable? What I'm creating is it valuable enough for you to give me your email, and I'd like to stay in touch. Anybody can always unsubscribe to anything we're doing, but it's also a good measure of is what I'm creating good enough that someone would be willing to give give me their email address. Right. And that's a good gauge for me. If it's not valuable enough, they're not going to give me their email address. They don't want to be connected to us. Mm. So that helps me really write better and better. But, like, if you go to our, our um, web page... Under resources, I have all kinds of things I've talked about in, in the podcast, and I move them around sometimes so that we're not, you know, just try and keep it fresh. But we try and write new ones, every, you know, every month or two. Right. But, you know, we had one that was making the most of the hashtag. You know, people ask us all the time, how does that work? What is it? Why are they using the pound sign for crying right. out <laughs> You know. Um, And it's from that basic all the way up to, you know, here's how you would use it in strategy. I've written about, you know, people have written into me a lot about how do I get my emails at the forefront? Why are people ignoring my emails? And so I answered that. And here's a guide about things that you can do about it. I teach a lot of um, classes on LinkedIn and whether it's someone who's, you know, starting for the first time in LinkedIn or they are really trying to understand how LinkedIn is a part of a real strategy. How do they integrate that there in, in their day to day? So I've created all these resources and I blog about these ideas and I give people the opportunity to get these, these free downloads. Right. And that's a part of the platform because then, you know, they may get that hashtag thing from me and be like, Hey, thanks for the freebie girl. Okay. Bye. But you know what? Maybe a year later or two years later, the company's at a place where they really need the help in social media. And they think, wait, you know what? I know who knows about this. Yes. And I like the way she writes and I like the way she thinks. And so I'm going to give her a call and see where we're at, (laughs) you know. So that's what I mean by establishing your expertise. And if I could go back, you know, to many years ago when I started my business and change any one thing about it, I would have started building my email list much sooner. Hmm, And that is very connected to blog writing and people just don't understand how that's connected. People want to connect with people who are helpful to them, who give them the kind of information they're looking for and we all have to admit guess where we're all looking for information on the web right right (laughs) or as we like to call it the World Wide web
0: yes (laughs) the www
1: dot dot yeah (laughs) still love it when older people tell me yeah no capitals and no spaces right (laughs) really okay thanks
0: (laughs) and they they say it with such authority oh yeah you know what i mean it's like they, they think about like hey they still I've keep, got this wired.
1: Yeah, email addresses. Okay, it's Sheila twenty eight, no spaces, <laughs> at yahoo.com, but all together. You know? <laughs> like, all
0: together. Don't space it out.
1: <laughs> I got it, Sheila. <laughs> yes.
0: Was that a Hotmail address? Yeah. I don't know. Oh
1: my gosh, I had an Earthlink one the other day. Someone gave me. A <laughs> oh my
0: email. gosh, are those even still around? <laughs> I
1: think they were. I was like, is this? A- oh, Do well,
0: interesting. What so what? So tell me this about what you found about your your blogging have you noticed that have you noticed that there are like are there seasons of responsiveness to your blogs like like maybe you're writing in in January mm-hmm. and you don't get any sort of feedback at all and then mm-hmm. February is like through the roof right and then it drops off again in March have you noticed in your You know, in your your years of being a marketing company, like, have you noticed any trends like that, or is it pretty much, if you're consistent, the audience is consistent?
1: Well, that's interesting because it's different for every client, and that's why I kind of go back to my main point: is I don't think anybody should blog without really um, thinking about having a dashboard that sees the interconnectedness of everything. Mm, Because I look at it this way. I don't have massive fluctuations like that in my blogging and responsiveness and things like that because I don't have a product that lends itself to massive fluctuations. People always need marketing all the time.
0: It's not seasonal. No,
1: it's not seasonal. But, for example, we market for a large client that um, runs a marathon. Okay, so just we just hit the new year, and guess what? We hit hard New Year's resolutions, and you should get wow. out and run and lose some weight. Right? Right. So we had massive, you know, massive upswings in everything from, you know, our blog um, writing to actually click throughs, our, you know, call to actions completely created customers. I mean, our leads were up. I'm not joking. I, I pulled open their dashboard right here. Their leads for this month, okay, and we're like barely into this month is already up 2,000%. Wow. Because you think about it, if it's a running type of a a product, in December, everybody's totally busy, right? And everybody's at parties and everybody's at, you know, eating tons of chocolate and, (laughs) you know, doing all these things they're not supposed to do and over drinking and, you know, everything else and not running and forgetting their, you know... Their routine and, you know, they're like at the beginning of the year. So we saw a little downtrend in December and we're like, you know, I'm not worried about it because I understand the seasonality of this client. But, mm. oh, my gosh, sure enough. I mean, it wasn't even December 31st. People are still home already, you know, ratcheting everything up. You know right, um, likewise, we have a company that does catering and obviously and and has an event center that books Christmas parties. It was crazy, crazy for September, October, November, and then the second week of December, it went quiet. If you haven't mm. booked your party for your corporation by then, oh yeah, you're not having one
0: <laughs> y- you're gonna book it for next
1: year exactly we we are accepting reservations <laughs> for next year. <laughs> So, you know, I think the seasonality of it depends on the actual client, um, but you should not see much fluctuation if you have a a product that is not seasonal. And, you know, those are a couple of things I would say. So here are my tips we can end on that, you know, can help people understand what would make a good blog and what is a couple of the things they need to be thinking about. Oh, great. My biggest thing is, number one, if you're going to write a blog or anything at all, could you please start with, who is your audience? Right. <laughs> why Why do a podcast or why do, you know, uh, write a post or write a social media post or write a blog when you don't know who you're writing to? So, of course, I have a resource for that. So at littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources, you can go and get my free guide on developing personas. Yes. And it's about creating personas and getting insight into what a persona can really do for a business and how it can help customize all of your writing and your efforts to get your ideal client. I know mm. you can get clients. I get that. But are you are you spending your best resources on getting ideal clients? And so I think when a blog is not being successful, I think a lot of times it's because someone's taking it off a list and they're doing what they should do and they're not really doing it with the why, you know, oh. in mind. Why am I doing this? Who am I writing to? And that's what a persona guide will really do for you, help you develop that. So I don't think it would be right until they have done that. Um, The other thing I find a lot of times is people aren't consistent. Uh, They'll do it in spurts and then do it. You know, I don't start, whether it's a podcast or a blog or anything like that, until we have at least six in the can. And, Mm. you know, I just don't want to be under the pressure of creating something that's got to be published on Friday. (laughs)
0: Right. And
1: nobody likes to work that way. And, you know, honestly, I have my next three blogs, you know, next three months of blogs already done. And they're, you know, they're already scheduled for auto publishing. And again, that goes back to having a successful dashboard to be able to manage that for you. But, you know, even when I write those in my dashboard and, and actually put those blogs in, it is measuring what I've written against the keywords that I've identified about the personas I'm writing. And oh. without me having to go through, hmm, did I use the keyword entrepreneurial success, <laughs> you know, or, right. you know, um, ignoring my emails, you know, did I use those long tail keywords I've identified that people are looking for? Um, the, the system tells me itself. It will give me either a thumbs up or thumbs down saying, yeah, you didn't really do what you set out to do. Mm. so that's very helpful, but anyway, I digress on that, but all to say is consistency I don't care if you're if you're going to blog once a month and that's appropriate for your situation um that's fine. you need to blog every month don't miss one or don't go now you wrote two in a row, so don't put them week you know back to back in weeks because you have two right if you're not going to write for what one a month, then publish one a month <laughs> you know don't go like three where you have three days in a row, you write something and then for three months you don't. Just space them out. If you're not going to write that much, space them out. So, the other thing I'd say is that I find that a lot of people are writing blogs without actually promoting them on social media, and I don't. Really, I don't even understand that.
0: Well, you know what? I think it comes from that mindset of, I, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And I think that people get this feeling that something magical happens when you hit the publish button that it like. Angels come out of the sky with trumpets heralding the arrival of (laughs) Of your your new blog.
1: (laughs) I love that, how you said that. Nothing magical happens when you press the publish button. No. (laughs) Nothing. It's not magic (laughs) at all. And it's a lot of hard work. But, you know, I mentioned way back when I have a rule of thumb, which is for every hour I spend developing content, I spend four hours promoting it. Ooh, okay. And that That's keeps a good rule me, if it's good enough that you wrote it the first time, then you should spend the time to get people there, right? Right, But right. social media, that brings me back to if you took all the work to write a blog post to a particular persona, please write the social media post to that same persona, okay? Yes. So, for example, one of my personas I write to is kind of a VP of marketing role, right? right? This person is a marketing professional. They are facing a lot of challenges. They are very, very busy, very, very time poor. Um, but what they're concerned about is the company reputation. They need to increase profits. They need to make sure they're operating within a system of accountability for their team underneath them because Lord knows they're in a system of accountability. They, right. in fact, are getting a lot of pressure from top executives, right? Right. They may or may not have incompetent staff, but I hear that a lot. They have hired people who they said they could do social media, but they really can't. They don't know what to do with that person now. Or, you know, they're not really, you know, they're like, well, I hired them to blog, but it's not working. Or, you know, they're they're trying to manage several people toward goals, but they're under a lot of pressure. Um, They're also, um, one of the challenges they face a lot of times is that they're tech challenged. You know, they don't really know. This is why I write things like, here is how you make the most of the hashtag. Here is how you develop personas. Here is how you see how my how-to guides are always like that. Right. Because right. I'm writing to this persona. But if I want to get really specific about it, so I've written this article that I think will really help them. So my social media post should follow. So if I have something that is, you know, kind of is a uh, download that um, would help demystify a particular technology field, like how to start a podcast, and they really mm-hmm. want to do that. Okay, so they're tech challenge They don't know how to do that. So that would be a good guide for them. So what I might want to write is say, are you feeling pressure from your top executives to get that podcast done? Or are you feeling, you know, pressure from the top executives to do more in the marketing, you know, to prove that you're doing um, something socially uh, for the company? Or do you not have someone on staff you can trust to take this project and run, right? Mm. So I'm going to talk really specifically to the challenges they're facing and then tag in my blog, right? I wrote this blog for you and let me do the work for you and tell you why you want to read it. So that's why I say that people don't start with the end in mind. I said, well, I guess I'll blog it. We, you know, we have, um, uh, you know, fifteen inch, you know, gauge steel couplings, and that's what we sell. So I'll write about that. Okay, <laughs> you don't write about your product per se. Right. <laughs> no, you write right. about the two people who are in your industry and who need to hear from you, and you write things that are helpful to them. Is it helpful for them to get a catalog of your products? No, is it helpful for them to understand why they would use 15 inch, you know, gauge rather than 12. And here's a guide to know when you would do it and when you wouldn't there that that's that's much better. That's much better. And of course, I think it goes without said without saying that. Yeah, you also sell those both of those gauges. Right. <laughs> of something a product I just made up. I don't even And you know shouldn't
0: <laughs> shy away from from that. I mean, it's like, yeah. People could be listening to the first part of that. And go, oh, okay. Well, I won't talk about my product at all. Yeah, it's
1: not that you. And don't, they'll
0: just figure it out organically.
1: Yeah, no, it's not that you you don't talk about it. It's that you first, number one, you be helpful, right? And then you can sell your product later. And FYI, if your blog is on your website and you have a decent website, they'll find what you sell.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think it's. I think one of the one of the companies that does such an amazing job of doing that is Honda. Mm. Like the, with their helpful Honda campaign. Yeah, I
1: haven't seen that. What, you haven't seen it. It's
0: brilliant because they really don't even there's hardly any mention about a car. It's basically they're calling them the helpful Honda guys and basically they do these series of commercials where people will will be like at the hair salon. This Honda guy in a blue shirt uh-huh. walks in and say, "Hi, I'm I'm your helpful Honda guy and today I thought I'd just buy everybody's hairstyle today." <laughs> and it was like, yeah, he just goes in and pays for everyone's hairstyle. Uh-huh. But it's like you're sitting there, and I noticed over time, it's like when I started thinking about the word helpful, immediately I thought of Honda. Uh-huh. And it's, I'm going, that's brilliant. So it's I can totally see how when you're blogging, uh-huh. it's like if you can create a rapport with your audience uh-huh. and really what's, – what's the word I'm looking for? If you can uh, put that stake in the ground that this – is who I am, right. and you start writing to these people, I mean, it may take a little bit of time, but pretty soon it will come back to you, right. and people will think, oh, crap, marketing, I, I got this, it's a little bird.
1: Right, right. Well, and that comes down, that's being helpful, and what you're really, you know, reflecting on is very solid brand building. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they've 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 done it well and so they're reaping, you know, the benefits. They don't have to push what they're uh selling. They're pushing who they're being. Right. And that's right. that's very different. And that le- really leads into another thing I would tell people a lot of times is be authentic. You know, yes. if you try and be that helpful but then I walk into a Honda store and you're jerks that's it's not going to resonate. It can't, it's not authentic. And so it's not going to work. And the opposite is true. You know, if you sound like a robot and get too serious and and the, the blogging doesn't sound like you and the podcast doesn't sound like you and also, you know, people are like this isn't real. You know, and you and I talk about this all the time. Do I wish I were, you know, a better public speaker on the podcast? Sure. Do I wish I didn't stumble on words or use, um, or, you know, all these kinds of things. But at the end of it, this is me. And what I'm choosing about, you know, my platform is the authenticity. And do I want to polish it? Of course. I want to say to be the best it can be, but don't want to lose You know, what is special and unique about Little Bird? And it's that connectivity. It's that making quick connections and, you know, thinking off the top of your head and really, you know, kind of just living in the expertise that we have and drawing from the success and being able to actually say, okay, well, let me tell you, I think this would be helpful for you. Right. And just appointing people in the right direction. And I have to live authentically you know, within my brand. So I can't pretend to be someone else just because someone else has a successful podcast doing this and doing it this way. That's not going to work for me and people are going to smell it a mile away.
0: Yes, because people know a phony. And I think yeah. I think the thing that people don't take into consideration is like, be the best whatever you are. Right. And that's what people find endearing and find charming and something they want to follow it's like if well perfect examples like the guy that does the after show for the for the walking dead right okay. it's called talking dead and it's basically they spend an hour talking about the show we just watched but it's it's hugely popular right. and the guy who hosted chris hardwick he's he's a podcaster and a blogger and like he really started out doing social media because he's a big nerd and did all these Star Wars things. Mm-hmm. But what's endearing about him is he remained true to himself. And that is what created the audience because people, oh, I can totally relate to this guy. He's the kind of guy I would want to go out and have a couple drinks with and just sit and talk. Right. And I think that's what people miss is they try to be something they're not mm-hmm. or they want to be a puffed up version of who they are. Right. And they miss the point that people just want... People just want to experience you. Right. That's why people like you because they like the feeling they get when they're around you. Mm -hmm. And I think the podcast is an extension of that.
1: Well, and I think also you have to consider the medium. So, for example, in a podcast, it's my voice. So there's nothing more personal than you allowing my voice to come into your very ears. So I can get pretty personal. We started this podcast super personal. Right. Right. That's the right venue. But in my blogging, I need to be real and authentic, but not that personal because that's evergreen content that's not making sense out there for me to talk about. Mm, I had this big personal aha moment, you know. <laughs> it's going right. to really sound bizarre. Why am I sharing that information? So the medium of blogging is not good for overly personal. Now, if someone subscribed to your email list, they've been on it forever, and you might want to get a little bit more personal. I It doesn't per- really work with me when people tell me a little bit more about a personal story or, you know, I was in an accident, so I didn't get this email out. I'm like, okay, it's not that I feel bad you know I not that I don't feel bad that you were in accident, but I'm like okay I'm I'm subscribed to this email system for to know what you have going on and I want it to be personal but I don't need all the details of what's going on and so I think there's a real good balance and it's understanding the medium blogging is not a place for that but it is that place to be authentic and your true self and then you know think about the medium and I do think like podcasting is the absolute most personal one. Right.
0: It's, and too, I think I think what people miss is the fact that whether you're talking or writing, there's a certain voice that you present.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It, the voice that I have with you. I've known you for 25 years. Right. So people are getting me at my most intimate, vulnerable moment because that's how I am with you. That's the voice right. I carry when I talk with you. And so they're getting like a little window into, you know, two old friends talking. Yes, and, that's and very I intimate. think that,
0: and I think that also spills over into blogging as well mm-hmm. because you have a certain way of delivering information that is uniquely Priscilla. Right. And the, what I've noticed, at least for me, is if I have a relationship with somebody, or like I've seen them on TV, mm-hmm. or I've done this, and then I read something that I know they wrote, mm-hmm. I don't. I might be alone in this, but I read it in the voice. That I remember hearing. Oh, from totally, totally. Okay, good. Yeah, and I thought I was. I thought I was. Well, and
1: we're big podcast away. people, and I listen to tons of books on Audible, and nothing peeves me more than the actual author not reading their own book. Oh, exactly right. I hate to be such a jerk about it, but oh my gosh, when the author reads their book, I, I just, I'm automatically in love with it. You know, right. they'd have to be really horrible at it, but I just finished listening to um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Committed absolutely recommend it. Amazing, amazing, amazing book. And she read it and it was just like, I was just in the room with her and it was just, she was just telling me the simple story of her life and, and the research she did. And it was just so powerful coming from her voice, you know, because she wrote Mm -hmm. that authentically. And so she knows how to, you know, use the right inflection and do it. So I totally believe that, but I'll end with this. I do have a lot of people who get very overwhelmed They're like, what would I write about? (laughs) (laughs) And I would, I'll say probably, well, let's say three things about it. First of all, start with, well, look at your personas and what would be helpful to the people you're trying to reach. So start there. But the next thing is, is that you also could reuse content and people don't always think about that you know you wrote a white paper you know a while back you wrote an article for a local paper you write you know posts on linkedin you know where else are you writing and how can you take that idea chances are it's a really good idea maybe you had kind of a semi-long facebook post could you take that idea and make it a longer blog post Mm. and it doesn't have to be very long and i tell people all this all the time you don't need to write a book please don't um You know, so it doesn't. I think there's just a lot of pressure on people to write like this. You know, a uh, uh, tome. <laughs> you know, right. it's like just write a simple blog post and get get there. And you can. You have to remember, it's it has to be scannable. Use bolding words, please. Please make it look pleasing to the eye to read. Bold things that you really want people to see. Make links available all over the place if they want to know more, where are they going, you know, help people. First of all, write write things that are helpful. And second, don't be afraid to reuse content. And the last thing I would say is, what about some guest blogging? Why not Either crowdsource something, like ask a really interesting question to three people in the industry and get three different questions. It's like a Q&A. Mm. Um, or why not have someone else on your staff write one? I have right now, um, Brad, my um, head tech guy, he's writing a couple tech ones because we need more tech ones. I can't write to that. Well, that's not my authentic voice. Right. So have right. someone else write, and it can come from them. But also think about other people who are leaders in your industry and let them guest blog. You know, give them the ability to write 300 or 500 words about something and a nice link back to their site and things like that. So all I'm saying is just don't give in to the pressure of, oh, my God, how am I going to write all this stuff? There's ways to do it without you writing all of it. Right, <laughs> or right. you can just hire a little bit of marketing. We'll write all of it for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Well, on that note, yeah. Priscilla, thank you <laughs> so much for demystifying the whole thing about blogging. This right. has been very helpful for me because there have been, like, I've started, I start, I think I've started probably five or six blogs. Right. And I get so f- frustrated and burned out when nothing happens. Right. And now I can see where not pre-planning and not identifying who I'm writing to have probably played a major part of that.
1: Right, right. Well, and so let yourself off the hook a little bit and take a couple of things from these, and, and it'll give you a big, big boost.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, listeners, of course, we want to hear your experience with blogging and some of the things you've run into. So you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or on the Little Bird website or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great